0: I mean, I am in awe of Emily's ability to, you know, literally get stuff done. Power to live more with Joe Dodds.
1: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience.
2: My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Emily and Paul Hughes of Parent Guide to GCSEs. This is a first for us. We've had one half of business couples, but not both of them on the show together. Paul and Emily met in 2003 as training teachers assigned to the same school. It took a few years until they finally bonded over divorces and Emily's motorcycle leathers, long but obvious story, and the rest, as they say, is history. They've been happily married for 11 years and now that they have both escaped teaching-their words, not mine-they run the Parent Guide to g c s e, supporting parents whose children are in year eleven. They made eleven k in their launch week, so they must be doing something right. Emily has a Master's from Cambridge in Maths with Education, while Paul has a Master's in Information Management and Computing from the University of Sheffield, which will probably tell you what they taught for fifteen years. Emily also runs a pop choir in her spare time, as she says she still needs to be able to boss people around, having left teaching. Paul says he thinks that's already covered at home. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Emily
1: and Paul Hughes of Parent Guide to GCSE. So I'm very excited to be uh, having you join me today because it's quite different for the podcast. So welcome, Emily and Mark and Paul.
0: Hi. Hello. Thank you very much.
1: So, let's start with my usual question, which is who you are, what you do, and where you do it. Uh,
3: Well, we are a a husband and wife team of ex teachers. So, we spent 15, 16 years teaching and both decided that teaching in schools was perhaps not the way forward for our sanity. And therefore, we've uh, both left teaching now and we're running the parent guide to GCSE. So, it's basically a sort of a lifestyle business that lets us work together to build something we know will make a big difference as we used to be able to do in schools now we can do that for more people so uh, yeah it was uh, sanity over salary i think was the important decision <laughs> and do you work from home uh, Yeah, absolutely although we do have to work in different rooms because paul says that i talk to myself too much and it distracts him because he keeps thinking he's supposed to be answering and he's not <laughs>
0: Because obviously, if she is talking to me on her, I get in a lot of trouble. So therefore,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got
0: separate yeah. desks, separate rooms.
1: Yeah, I can see why that would work well or better. <laughs> so tell us about where this this came from. So, um, I guess we can all sort of make assumptions that, from what you've said already about you know how schools have changed, and you know, I, I know a, a number of teachers myself who you know would like to be doing something else if they could. And you mentioned lifestyle business, um, you know. Where did it come from, and why did you decide to do what, what you're doing now?
3: So, I think that, I think the the what we decided to do, the whole parent guide to GCSE, mostly came about because uh, my my daughter is in year six. There is a a Facebook group for parents, and one day somebody had posted on there, uh, help my child's got this bar modeling question for homework. And I've got not even the first clue about how to help her. Because bar modeling is quite a new concept for for UK schools. It's one of the things we've taken from Singapore. And uh, lots of government people have gone, this is amazing, let's all do this. And of course, parents have no clue, because it's totally new to them. And that gave me a bit of a light bulb moment where I thought, you know what, we actually, we know this stuff. For GCSEs, we've been there and we've done that and we've got the t-shirt we've done it with our own children as well as with probably thousands of children <laughs> over our years of teaching mm. and uh, and we could actually be quite helpful with this hmm i wonder what i could do so that was that was where the uh, the website came about and the uh, the whole whole business really
0: i, I think it also uh, kind of coincided with both of us thinking uh, probably about three years ago if we just keep doing what we're doing and teaching is getting harder and harder and harder, the goalposts keep moving every two seconds, we, we can't be doing this when we're in our fifties and sixties and retiring at the age of 68 or whatever. So we kind of, were are thinking, what what can we do? Where can we use our skills that we've got through 30 odd years of teaching between us to help others?
1: Yes, yeah, I can um, sort of see that and, and also, Something. Well, I suppose the next question would be: Would be you're doing? No, how did you how did you sort of create this as it is now from that? Because again, as I said before, there are a lot of teachers who probably are thinking exactly what you've just said, but aren't taking the action, or if they are, it's not the same sort of action. What? What? and, and for people listening, I presume what you said earlier, um, Emily, was to do with maths
3: because that's what you did, but um, yes. I didn't know what it was either. Yes, it's, um, it's crazy and it, it works really well, but you have to understand where it's coming from. And if you've not been taught it, you would not figure it out from looking at the diagrams mostly. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, you could have done a whole host of things. You could have I don't even I don't even know what the options are, but, you know, there there were a number of things that you could do. And you've done something that for me probably sounds um, uh well it's logical but it, I don't think there's many people doing this. There's one-to-one tutors in your house I guess but tell us more about how you deliver what you do and, and why you ended up where you are now.
3: Well the um, so the, the kind of the thing that started all of this off really was I um, had a bit of a mental health wobble. I had a couple of bad bosses in a row and uh, cracked up a little bit and that was the beginning of the end for teaching. That was hence the uh, you know sanity is more important than salary stuff and so I'd started thinking you know what can I do how can I get out of teaching because you look at lots of jobs on job websites and either you have to start at the very bottom and earn about 50p or you have to suddenly develop all of the skills to become someone (laughs) senior in order to go in at your kind of current salary level and and it just didn't look sensible and so when mum and dad started me off by, they cut an article out of the newspaper for somebody who does Amazon stuff, basically fulfilled by Amazon, which means you can create your own products, ship them off to the Amazon warehouse, and they do all the logistics for you. So I started off by designing a range of posters for classrooms, and they still sell on Amazon. And that was kind of starting to work a little bit. It wasn't enough to quit teaching yet. And then um, my sister runs a choir up in York and I've sort of franchised that down here. And that, uh, so we're based in Peterborough. It's far enough away that there wasn't anything similar locally. And uh, that was then starting to get to the point where, do you know what? I could probably, if we tighten our belts a bit, I could quit teaching and deal with these two things and maybe look at what else we could do. So as it became more and more viable for me to go part-time and then to quit teaching, we needed something that was a bit more logical. And we started with what we knew, actually. We started with something for teachers. So as a form tutor, uh, most teachers are form tutors, and in the morning you have to do the register and stuff. That's yep. the kind of the bit of school we're talking about. And you're expected to deliver maths and English and Um, the news and what we would have called probably PSHE or life skills it's now SMSC social moral spiritual and cultural education but you're supposed to do all of this all at the same time all while dealing with the teenage dramas that inevitably turn up every morning and um, we started by building a website that provided all those resources in a sort of you know open up the web page right you lot get on with that I'm going to deal with whatever this catastrophe is Uh, So that teachers had a really easy way to do that. And we had a little bit of success with that, but uh, schools are notoriously broke. And we just we struggled because form time is not uh, an Ofsted kind of priority. It's not something that uh, schools are judged on. So it's not something that schools spend money on. And uh, so we were kind of, you know, ticking along in the background with that. And I'd done lots of learning about you know marketing and web design and all of that stuff to get that set up when we had this epiphany about the mm. idea of of helping to coach parents and um and i kind of drew together all the the various bits of research that i'd done i'm a prolific reader mm. of business books and so there were lots of different ideas that i took in from different books things like uh oversubscribed by daniel Priestley, which i love uh, yeah. and I kind of used that to develop I think it was about Easter time when we had this little epiphany and then uh, we developed it over the next few months and I was so patient I'm never patient Mm -hmm. Paul will tell you I'm awful I just want everything done now but I was determined I was going to do this right so we designed it all in the run-up to uh, the end of the summer holidays ready to launch for the start of this school year and um, and yeah just pulled together all the stuff that I'd I learned and asked for more recommendations. I'm part of lots of networks of entrepreneur kind of people uh, on uh, on Facebook mostly. And they were really, really helpful with advice. And you know, have you tried this? Have you read this? Have you listened to this podcast? And uh, it all just kind of came together into what it is now. And it took off so quickly that it's now become pretty much all I do. <laughs>
0: um emily makes it sound like it's a, a bit of a, an accident where we are now but the whole three-year journey has been really quite almost um deliberate where we're both full-time then emily went down to three days and it was just that can we afford to then you know, sort of not work or can emily afford not to work at all because she's got other money coming in and the whole time i was earning a, you know sort of proper proper wage, if that's the right word a steady <laughs> wage should we say so you know salaried etc and it just it's been a case of how how what do we have to do in order to for me to then not work at a school as well and Mm -hmm. bit by bit we've kind of um chipped away and now we're both full-time at home and you know it's going beautifully
1: that's so exciting to hear i'm sure there's people listening who haven't yet taken the plunge into whatever business they they want to to run and uh to hear that story. And also, <laughs> as you said, Paul, um, Emily did make it sound very sort of, you know, just sort of happened. <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> um, mean, she, she um, is an actual genius. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, she just reads and reads. And when she doesn't understand something, she doesn't like it. So she reads a bit more. And uh, one way or another, gets her head around everything, um, has a plan for everything, and usually yeah. wants to do everything, you know, all at the same time. But obviously, uh, you know, Time doesn't allow for that generally.
3: Yes, basically, no. my husband is describing me very politely as a giant nerd, which is totally true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's. Also, I mean, um, just
1: looking at your your website and and the bit that we haven't sort of talked about is how you're delivering. You've you have a um, membership site, is that right?
3: Yes, that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, from what you've just said, I think you know those sorts of skills, and that's part of the reason why I launched my membership site because. I think if you're the sort of person who does exactly what you've just said you know researches and finds things i I will say one of my superpowers is googling and uh in fact i read a um uh an article this morning or yesterday about a, a, a computer support person who now i think is a computer sort of uh journalist writer and um working for actually zapier and um he or she, I couldn't tell which it was, was saying that, I will say it's so a he, um, that he didn't ever really learn how to do anything with computers, any sort of, sort of um, strategic way. He just pressed a lot of buttons and I thought, Done. that's why i'm quite technical yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can always find out how to do something and you know you get a sort of customer query come in and you you test it if it doesn't work you google it and then you test what the person said you should do and if it, it normally works and if it doesn't you know you google it again and it was really funny reading that because that sounds exactly like you you work and i work which is well there must be an answer and there must be somewhere out there that tells you the answer i'll just go and find it for the people
3: well yeah it's uh, one of the blog posts that we did quite early on was how to Google like a pro because so many students don't understand. I'm well, um, yeah, okay, I'm parents. Don't understand how best to Google. They don't know about you know excluding terms and putting things mm-hmm. in quote marks to make sure they're included and all the little tips that actually mean you weed out a lot of the nonsense before you have even started mm-hmm. reading. It's it's awesome. I love Google. <laughs> Hands up
1: so how did you decide on your approach because i'm looking at your website and it, it, it looks really like you speak you know it just looks like a normal person talking to me it you know and, and i guess there could have been a tendency to to make it quite formal and quite sort of educational shall we say
3: yes, <laughs> and I, i'm not the most formal person I, i've always been fairly chilled out i can put it on if i need to but I, I don't like to. I like to just be me. And um one of the the best business decisions I think I ever made actually, which was terrifying at the time, was I'd signed up. You know, you sign up for a webinar to help you out with something, you kind of like the Googling approach, it was a copywriting thing. I thought, I've got to get better at this because this is you know, a big part of what I do now. So I signed up for the webinar and she was talking about her coaching program. And I thought, oh, that sounds ridiculously expensive. I'm not spending 700 quid on a copywriting course. That's ridiculous. And then she kept sending the follow-up emails. By the end of the follow-up email, her copywriting had convinced me that I really, really wanted to spend 700 quid on a copywriting course. And I thought, you know what? If she can do that to me via the, you know, world's most cynical person via that series of emails, then she's probably the person to teach me. And um, it's Ashlyn Carter of AshlynWrites.com and uh, it's her copywriting for creatives. So it's designed for people who have that kind of uh, often things like photography businesses and stuff. She's a calligrapher originally. And, um, and it's all about just finding your voice and being you wherever possible and talking to people like you would talk to them if you were just chatting to them out and about because I think we all respond a little bit better to that don't we yeah something's a little bit formal it can put people off for all sorts of reasons so Mm. uh, so yeah I I write all the copy for pretty much everything and
0: I just write it as me and on the occasions that I do write uh, content for the site um, it often has to be Emily Emily emilyized before it can actually go on there so Sometimes I'm, I'm accused of being a bit too sort of teacher, a bit too um, Ofsted inspector in the room, kind of being a bit sort of sensible almost. I'll train him out of it,
3: it's fine. <laughs> you mark it all in red, in red, red writing though, Emily. No, 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 no. Red is far too harsh. Nowadays we're all purple. <laughs> uh, green,
1: is it purple now?
0: Ah. Well, Lovely. Purple, green, and red, depending on which we you working. <laughs> in, obviously. Often all three.
1: That's madness i tell you <laughs> so have to people who've, who've made the transition from corporate into running their own business and um you have made a transition from um a, a, another environment you know we could call it corporate but it, you know it's public sector it's, it's education it's it's um quite a different setup to a, a commercial organization um and also you know as we know teachers have got loads of pressure on them there's you know loads of work to be done outside of being in the classroom and everything else how have you found that transition what what what's you know what carried you through what's similar what's different um you know do you do you do you work school hours <laughs> do you, uh, um,
0: you, you don't know? <laughs> uh, well i certainly don't work school hours anymore because that was one of the kind of leading um reasons why we needed to do something else that my kind of last role essentially was um a head of department on um, lots of different elements to that role and uh, i'd work i'd be in and work at seven i'd get home at five which you know sounds fairly standard but then once you've had a quick meal uh seeing your kids briefly then it's back to marking and preparation and and just worrying about the 800 things you haven't done because the job's just too big for the amount of time given to you yeah. um, it just it wasn't sustainable so um it was a case of let's do something else and uh, and now yeah, in terms of the hours we work it's it's fabulous we you know we, we make sure we get the work done but we don't you know and sometimes it requires working at the weekend that's fine but during the week we can be a lot more relaxed a lot more flexible about, about what we do and when we do it yeah.
3: yeah Paul has obviously made the change far more recently than me i've been i, I left teaching two years ago you've only been couple of months now really so i think it's been a bit of a shock to the system because you went from full-time straight to yeah. nothing or as i worked my way down through through part-time and stuff so i think it's just it's getting used to being in charge of what you're doing and finding your own jobs again because it's mm-hmm. not like so in school you're you're run by the bell basically you know it doesn't matter how much stuff you've mm-hmm. got to do if you've got 30 kids about to Descend upon you. That's that's it. That's got to be your entire focus. Yeah. And so it, it can be a little difficult to motivate yourself not to just you know sit down for a lunch break, stick on an episode of something, and then stay. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. uh, it's yeah. um and, and that's partly a you know a working from home thing that I think everyone can sympathise with. It's it's a little bit tricky to avoid distractions, but I think we're doing pretty well with it actually the cats are probably the most distracting thing in the house one of them decided to bring me a mouse really helpfully when I was totally in the zone earlier live mouse yeah so it's running around I'm just sat there with my feet up on the chair trying to carry on
0: (laughs) happily I wasn't home so I didn't get to you know catch him
3: (laughs) so
1: um given that and but also the fact that there's two of you running this business from separate rooms as we as we've established how do you organize what you do how do you make sure you get done what you need to get done and as i say this is different i i, I think you're the first two person interview where I, I have interviewed people who work with their um partners but but i've not interviewed them together so maybe i should have you in separate rooms and get take separate answers in case you don't agree <laughs> but
3: how do you make sure you get done what you need to get done um well i I have got quite good at um, at being more productive. I've read uh, things like um, Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt. I really enjoyed um, just about and talking about things like batching your work and being able to actually get in the zone with stuff. So I now have kind of have core blocks during my day and and buffer blocks. So the core block is you know what I'm going to ignore everything else that's going on and I'm going to get this thing done and that's it and then the buffer blocks will be somewhere like just after lunch where I'm in a slight carb coma where it's just you know answering the emails and dealing with the little bits that don't require so much thought and and involve jumping from task to task so you don't get that level of focus that you you need to have for your, your core tasks so yeah, yeah. I've uh, labeled out entire days GSD on my calendar for get stuff done yeah um, and and that's been that's been quite effective but we've we've split the tasks between us so uh, we have our own little areas of responsibility and that's helped as well because we're not finding we are both kind of working on the same thing
0: and not quite to the same ends and, and so on so. Yeah. i mean i am in awe of emily's ability to you know literally get stuff done she uh is so focused when her mind you know um is on something she just she would just keep working on it frankly um i'm i'm ai am more easily distracted i think because the whole working in a school thing i was kind of um despite being a head of department i was always chasing uh, what i what i was told to do essentially i was told to do things i quickly run around and do them and now I get to make my own priorities that is is a whole different mindset and it's it's a nice thing to get used to but I'm still you know sort of still quite new to it as it were and um, I'm not as focused I think as Emily and uh, it's, it's something that I'm working on.
3: He's channeling that quite well so when he loses focus slightly in the morning he'll trundle off and make us some lunch which means even if I am in the zone I actually eat lunch every day now which is a major step forward. (laughs) I'm wondering if
1: Paul Paul, when you're you know really like I'm fed up with this I don't want to carry on with it you're just hoping that the bell's going to go and it doesn't it must be so
0: disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh I I love the freedom it's fantastic I, I can't can't talk enough about you know this alternative lifestyle business it's just so nice not to you know have to be somewhere at it's just the freedom to work hard but work hard under our rules is brilliant I love it
1: yeah and um you know a lot of I did a a survey about a year ago of home-based owners and, and flexibility you know was one of the things that that freedom flexibility that was really top of the reasons why we do that, you know, forget all the sort of potential downsides of isolation or whatever else. But of course, you don't have that because there's two of you.
3: It does I'm, help. Yeah. And, and the choir helps me massively because I get to go out and see what, 30 odd people for an hour and a half in a very kind of social atmosphere, yeah. two nights a week. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, I don't know, takes away the, uh, the whole, I only talk to five people and two cats mm-hmm. ever in my life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's been quite handy. I like so that. two nights a week, is that the same choir? Do you rehearse twice or are they just different people? We have um two optional two nights. So we have Monday night at one end of the city and Tuesday night at the other end of the city, and people can do either or or they can do both. Um mm. because sometimes people do shifts. Sometimes yes. quite a few of the people who come to both are retired or work at home, and therefore that's their get out of the house and, and talk to people evening as well. So it's it's lovely. It's like yes. therapy. For an hour yes. and a half twice a week.
0: Brilliant. and don't make it sound like they're always singing they go to the pub afterwards just in true. case there's any confusion here
3: it's an important part of my job dear
0: yes,
3: yes. <laughs> don't do that with my
1: choirs i've obviously picked the wrong ones i have to reassess <laughs> <laughs> well, um, one question i do have about working from home together and getting stuff done is do you have
3: meetings do you have like shape uh, we, that we do, although we've not been so good the last couple of weeks, um, just because there's been a lot of random things happening that have got in the way. But we did have a fabulous habit of going for half an hour's walk every morning. So we'd get the kids off to school and so on, get ourselves organised, and then go off and just do a loop around the area, half an hour. And we'd talk shop as we walked around. We came up with some of our best ideas, I think,
2: wandering mm-hmm. around.
3: And we got half an hour's worth of exercise, and we got out of the house. So that was really quite useful,
0: actually. Yeah. We've only really stopped it because I'm currently injured. So uh, as soon as oh. that's all cleared up, I'll be um, back on the walking. So okay. yeah. our, uh, our best meeting though, uh, we went to Centre Parks for a, a day of uh, focused in the spa um, discussions, <laughs> uh, business planning, and and came up with some absolutely brilliant ideas as well. So
3: yeah, can see how that would be a good a good use of your time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a an annual thing now. We've decided. <laughs> <laughs> lovely so, yeah,
1: some of the home-based coaches and consultants that that we're speaking to on this podcast will have children either of uh, gcse age or or will will be as they they grow up let's uh, we'll talk a bit about what you're actually helping people with so um i was talking about um, little Dodsy, who isn't little anymore she's almost taller than me who is 13. She's in year one of a three year um, GCSE um sort of um, process, because her school does it over three years. And um uh a bit last minute dot com like I was. Um I can't really help her organise herself because she won't um listen to me. In fact, if I try and even say a word, we end up with a big a big row. And I have actually have had to pull myself back from asking lots of detail about if she's done her homework and how things are going at school because I know it winds her up because it used to wind me up. And uh, I took some good advice from my mother-in-law and stepped back um, and it's been a lot better since. But I then start thinking, oh my God, what happens if she gets to, you know, further down the line and she's not doing well and she is doing well, so I'm sure it's, you know, fine. But how can parents help their children to, you know, be more productive, to um, prepare and revise and all those other things? You know particularly bearing in mind the teenage years aren't really the most um, communicative.
3: Uh. <laughs> okay. I know, be polite in case Ellie listens to this, but yes, have some tips. Well, well so the uh, the membership aspect of the site is um, we send out a weekly email with just kind of bite sized information chunks. and and advice for parents and what i think a lot of our members do from what we hear from them is they sit down each week with their child and go through the email so the email's deliberately written that it can be done like that but because they're going through it together it's not why are you nagging me about this mum it's um okay that's some great advice here's what they're saying here's what they're saying and then you can have a conversation about it because it's coming from someone else not from your parents if that makes sense absolutely yeah and that kind of that bridges that barrier slightly because I know I mean when I was I must have been an adult to be honest mum told me that I should really I should read the Harry Potter books because I would love them so I did not read the Harry Potter books deliberately for like five years or something on principle because mum had said I would like them on principle that's how contrary I was and and so taking taking her almost out of the equation, like the advice is not coming from her, it's coming from experts. Uh, yeah. That that has made the difference, I think, for a lot of our members.
0: So how contrary you were, or you still are? So <laughs> i right, watch to, it. <laughs> just
3: to clarify. You can't get the staff these days, honestly. <laughs> I know.
0: I'll work harder, you... please don't make me go back to school. <laughs>
1: Oh yes, I can see how this of pans out. Keep making the lunch, Paul. That's what I'd say.
3: Yes, that's that. That's worth employing you for, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's about keeping it kind of small and manageable chunks because you know we can all go and and Google how should my child be revising. You'll get about forty seven different answers on the first two pages of Google, and some yeah. of them will be useless. And and that's where the problem lies. You know, as a parent odds are you don't have time to do that and you won't know which is the useless advice anyway because you haven't had the experience of of being in a school and, and watching kids go through the process and doing all the teacher training and things that we've done. So we thought we'd just, you know, consolidate everything into one place. So as a parent, you can just log on. You can either go straight to the various blocks of advice we've got for different subjects, different revision methods and things, or you can just wait for the weekly thing to be delivered we talk about it like a one of those food subscription boxes okay. so we subscribe to one where we just we order our recipes each week and they deliver us the ingredients in the right amounts and they give us yeah. the recipe and then we make them and that means we have healthy dinners it's amazing and we don't have to think about it in advance you know worry about mm-hmm. you know what should we eat is this healthy do we have this thing in the cupboard anyway so we we That that kind of method of making it really, really simple and done for you and delivered to you is is what we were going for with our our coaching advice. And stuff like we've got a a free revision plan generator that you can access on the website, which one of the biggest things we got in terms of feedback was how horrendously difficult it is to create a revision plan because it.
0: I mean, there's loads of sites out there, but we tried them all and we thought they were rubbish. So um, we made our own which we think is fantastic and um and it's just about you know if you have a plan it's easier to start it's there's a a baseline to to kind of move on from and a lot of the feedback again that we're getting is that you know students and parents don't know where to begin and we're kind of hoping to get them into a routine get them uh, to start having good habits about revising about working and uh Mm.
3: Yeah, it's a bit like Paul was saying, having quit teaching, if there's no one telling him what to do, he's got to figure that out for himself. And that's a a tough transition as an adult. As a child, you've not got the the kind of resilience almost and and fortitude to say, yes, I will do some revision, even though no one is telling me to, because that's that's not how it works. So if you've been told, right, tonight is a maths revision block, then that makes it much more likely they'll actually sit down and do something vaguely useful and hopefully to do with maths because yeah. it takes away the decision-making process, which is where we lose a lot of the uh, the students. They go, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to start. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the other thing that's
1: um, sort of difficult is however good your school is at communicating with you, there's a massive gap between us as parents and the teachers once the children get to senior school. So I think about, you know, how involved we were at the school when Ellie was in primary, and we're not involved at all. The school is really good, and they've done some stuff for the parents around growth mindset, and, you know, they've communicated with us about, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. But you just don't have that relationship to be able to really ask easily. I mean, you could, but you'd probably end up being the one of those parents. <laughs> yeah, of them that,
0: or whatever <laughs> That was one of our one of our thoughts um, when we were devising the website was um, for a subject um, evening with with teachers. You get generally five minutes when you're in year nine, ten, and eleven. Mm. Um, so as a parent uh, or as a teacher to a parent, what what can you put across in five minutes? Once you talked about the grades and whether they're above or below, if the parent then asks for oh, what do they need to be doing. You got about probably 90 seconds to have that, you know, very snatched conversation where the parent will make a kind of a, a, a brief note. So it's just schools don't have enough time, have enough resources, have enough money to, we think, communicate effectively. And that's again one of the reasons why we've done what we've done, try and fill mm. that void.
1: Hmm. And does the, the site, does the membership help with um, thinking about children and their sort of well-being and and how they cope with the um study and exams because that's a, a massive part of it. it's not just about the learning is it it's about the the pressure and the the stress of of that that moment where they've got to perform sort of thing
3: yeah we've been talking a lot recently about mocks because schools generally do mocks between november and january sometimes all the way up until easter some schools do one mock or one set of mocks rather some schools do it up like three or something it's crazy so we've been talking about that in in our emails and talking about the fact that whilst it's really easy to panic about the mocks and get really disheartened if you're not doing well you know when you get your results back actually your mocks are just like a dress rehearsal and if you've done anything in the theatre you'll know that if you have a terrible dress rehearsal it's believed to mean you're going to have a really good show it's the dress rehearsal is designed to pick out the bits that aren't quite working yet so you've got time to fix them before the actual show you know yeah there's a dance move that's tripping everyone over you've got time to change it out for something else or go and rehearse it overnight several times until you can do it properly and Mm -hmm. mocks are just your dress rehearsal if you put too much pressure on them and you don't learn from them they're just something that happened to you, then, then yeah, they will stress you out incredibly, but they shouldn't and they don't have to. We um, we sent out a free mock debriefing sheet. So as they came out of the exams, the idea was they'd write down um, something I found really easy, something I found really hard. This was something I hadn't learned yet. Because if you're doing that many exams in one go, it's quite easy for them to all blur together. And by the time you get back the results, because teachers have got a lot of papers to mark so you don't get them back instantly by the time you get them back you've forgotten what all the questions were and you've forgotten Mm. how you felt coming out of the exam and in the meantime you could have been saying that there was a question about this particular thing that I didn't know about I'm going to put that on my revision list because I feel like perhaps that might be a good thing to learn about so yeah yeah, we've been talking about steps you can put in place and different ways of of dealing with the various stresses Mm. and and so on I mean we've talked uh, meditation and things as well because having that kind of quiet space in your mind uh, even if it's just a, a five-minute you know sit down somewhere out of the way and and switch off that can actually make a really really big difference and so um, we found a couple of guided meditation apps that are quite useful and uh, pointed them in the direction of some things on YouTube there's some um, there's a lot of of stress but then a lot of the stress is caused by not feeling in control and -hmm. that's a large part of what we do is try and help
0: people feel like
3: yeah yeah, they're in control of of what's going on
0: so when we think of it if you um school if you come home from school at four o'clock and if a team were to go to bed at 10 o'clock which is unlikely we realize but that's that's a long long time that's you know six hours of of kind of free time as it were if you were to do two hours of revision which is a huge amount of work you've still got four hours to, to spend on yourself. And that's absolutely, you know, probably the most important time of every evening is to, to do the things that you want to do. So you don't feel like you're, you know, being matrivised. You can't have a life. You can't do the things you want to do. You still got mm-hmm. loads of time every evening, every day mm-hmm. to do those things. You just need yeah. to spend, you know, plan in some time to make sure you get the, the, the work side of it done.
3: Yeah, and that's why the revision plan is so useful. It's about little and often. So we always mm-hmm. start off Really nice and easy, one block a day, and then so that's the sort of first term, September through to Christmas, and then two blocks a day after Christmas, and three blocks a day after that. And yes, you can add to that if you want to, but that's that'll probably do the trick if you're doing focused revision during your little half-hour blocks. So yeah. it doesn't be overwhelming. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Lovely. That's been really interesting, and I'm definitely going to go and check out the membership as we're in in that uh, that uh, time in, in our house. Um, so you talked um being an average reader and, and a googler um emily and um you know paul you've just come into the business full time and so on what are you both doing to to learn and improve and sort of think about the future i mean uh, what plans have you got are we going on to a levels next or, or are we sticking with gccs
0: <laughs> um, we, we've got a million plans that we want to do but i think the problem we're coming up against is there's only two of us and there's only yeah. certain things we can uh, kind of achieve at, the, at one time as it were so yeah we want to expand it to a parent guide to a level um, there's talk about parent guide to sats you know it's uh, if we can sort of capture people early and sort of work them you know, not work them keep them the whole way through the education system and get really yeah. good habits instilled that would mm-hmm. be fabulous but so it's not just a, a GCSE thing we are considering um, developing it yeah. beyond that
3: Yes, something along the lines of uh, how to learn to be a grown up before you go off to uni. You know how to iron a shirt and do the washing, occasionally cook a meal that's not baked beans on toast, that kind of stuff. Uh, pay the bills. Where does all my money go when I get paid? That kind of stuff. <laughs> we thought that might be a nice expansion. We've been, I mean, we've taken on a couple of VAs, which have been really, really helpful um, in terms of getting everything organised so that we can start to make plans and, and move forward and that's been really good and um, and uh and yeah as i said we're we're members of all sorts of networky things uh, like the the one percent club with john lamerton who his yes. books uh, routine machine and big ideas for small businesses are both fantastic books uh, but absolutely. we're part of that I read, little kind of- yeah i read routine machine over christmas
1: i think and john was on the podcast actually i think a couple of years ago now um so i absolutely second that uh that recommendation it was good i um i said send him a message and say how funny the um whole bit about trying to do the miracle morning was in his house when he couldn't wake anybody up by being quiet and how he couldn't then do any of it <laughs>
3: yeah
0: <laughs> he is very funny and his was the first business book i read and i think so many of his messages in there about routines uh, work for adults work for teenagers um mm. really a very yeah it's the sort of book i'd read again quite happily
3: mm but yeah Mm -hmm. we've got a little kind of group of like-minded people along with john on um on facebook and they've been super helpful in helping us think of ideas and ways that we can then further develop the business as we as we go along it's our own little kind of mastermind which has really made a difference
0: Mm.
3: and
1: i like the, the um you're saying about doing the getting stuff done the gsd um, and uh, well, they, they say GTD, don't they, I think, getting things done, do yes. I say stuff, I say stuff as well. I think we, we have more in common. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, It sort of makes me think it's a bit like revision plans, you just turned it into a, a business getting things done scenario instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true story, but,
3: it's, it's just make, make the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: what those days where things don't go well when it all goes a bit pear-shaped how do you deal with that and does it help having two of you or does it make it worse
0: um, <laughs> i mean sometimes i mean yeah, we we have kind of a plan about what we're going to do every single day and i mean sometimes things don't work out i mean for example one of uh, one of the children's poorly at the moment so uh, yesterday i was running around picking them up from school and you know um, Despite the fact he's 17, sort of, you know, checking on him every two seconds, etc. So it, it doesn't always run smoothly or how you want it to. But at the same time, between the two of us, I'm um, pretty good at making sure um, everything that needs to be done is done uh, ahead of time.
3: Yeah, yeah. The prioritizing has has helped massively. So we have our, our must-dos, our could-dos, and our might-dos, and making sure that all the must-dos are done because a lot of the time all the stuff on your to do list is stuff that you know maybe you could do and it'd be useful but it's not the end of the world mm-hmm. if you don't do it and so if you do get a little bit behind because something takes longer than it should have done it's easy to beat yourself up if you've got a massive to do list still that's why it's useful to that's why i find it useful to break it down into the things that i absolutely have to do and then the stuff that it would be nice if i did it.
0: and um, that's a, another John lamasson thing i think yeah, wasn't it
3: yeah and um and then if i'm if you know if someone I don't know someone cancelled or if something happened or I'd you know tried to set something up with someone and it had fallen through if I had one of those kind of days and I was feeling a little bit this is just you know then I've set up a little sunshine note on my phone so on my notes app I've put a list of just awesome things that I've achieved or have happened in the business, things that remind me that actually life is pretty awesome. And and I then open that up, have a little read through and remind myself that actually life is pretty great and it could be much, much worse. And it just helps kind of put things in perspective there. So that's- uh, I like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's a top tip. I think Teddy Burliss, who was on the podcast all oh, way back in the beginning, also said he has a yay me file which sounds very similar to your note
3: for similar reasons yeah i've got because it's an iphone i've set up a little shortcut so i think the icon says sunshine or happiness one of the two and when i click on it it just opens up that note for me so it couldn't be any simpler to remind yeah. myself that uh, yeah it's, it's all it's yeah. it's all right really uh, and if it is
0: <laughs> if it is not the the best day for whatever reason uh, as the second, uh, you know, the, the munchkin comes through the door at 3.30, Um yeah, we can down tools and just hang out with her, chill, relax. We, you know, we've, we've probably already worked hard. We've got done what we could do. And uh, it's nice to spend quality time with her.
3: Yeah, yes. it makes a big difference.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, lovely. And so, what about those days where you get to live more? And that's where I talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What, what do those days look like? And you know, you've already said throughout the, the, the interview that uh, it's you know many more of those days than, than you had before, which is why you're doing it. But you know, paint paint that picture sure. for us.
2: Yeah,
0: we started a thing uh, which we don't do every week, but uh, Friday dates, where you know we probably work up until lunchtime and then maybe go out for lunch together uh maybe watch some garbage on tv together um go for a long walk together just things where we're prioritizing us rather than the business rather than the children it's nice just to sort of you know switch off and do our own thing
3: and then when the munchkin does get home on on friday she gets to join in the friday and we do something as a family if at all possible so she's got involved in picking out some things it normally involves baking Mm -hmm. cakes because she loves to bake cakes and she loves to eat cakes so it all works out quite well
0: and we've got twin boys as well and uh, but they're 17 nearly 18 and um, they don't often get back from school now they're driving themselves uh till later uh if at all and, uh, and when they do get back, obviously, being sort of older teenagers, a grunt is pretty much most of what we get. So, um, you know, they don't usually sort of uh, join in the Friday dates, but uh, they're not excluded.
3: Yeah. We <laughs> make up for with shows that uh, she's not allowed to watch yet, but they are and uh, we have a few things that we sit and watch together sometimes so whilst it might not be the most quality of quality time it's still something that we do together which is is, uh, still useful and important yeah
0: and we uh, when we always have a positives of the day everyone's got to come out with uh, one or two positives that they've had that particular day or uh, the last couple of days
3: yeah Yeah. good I mean Uh basically for me any day when I have a choir gig uh, I feel like I've just had the best day ever I come out absolutely buzzing we We generally do things to support charities, so we'll go out and do some busking or something along those lines. We've done the the Christmas light switch on in our town, which was amazing, and it's just especially if we do something vaguely social afterwards. It's lovely to see a room full of people that I've brought together, and that yes. just absolutely makes my day at least if not week. lovely.
0: Just having that behind mean, This morning, yeah. another example. I uh, got a phone call from a friend who um, basically uh, should be teaching or is a teacher, but she's too poorly at the moment. And her mum needed to take into hospital, and basically she couldn't do it. She's in a bit of a state, and she sort of thought, "Well, I'll I'll, I'll ask Paul see if he can do it." And uh, yeah, I loved it. I could. You know, I went and picked him up, dropped him at the hospital. Uh, I sat and did my work in in you know um, in the restaurant. went and did what they needed to do and i just with a normal job i couldn't do that i couldn't help people and it i know that you know it just felt it felt nice to be able to do something good um cost me nothing um they really appreciated it and you know it's nice to have that freedom flexibility
1: yeah absolutely you just reminded me of a podcast i listened to um and i can't think uh what they're called now um but they teach sort of the membership site model and they always finish their podcast over in america they always finish their podcast by sharing a moment that they wouldn't have been able to do had they not got the business that they now have and so that's a a great example of that so uh thank you so really enjoyed interviewing you both and uh as i say my first double interview Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank you And um, tell people how they can find out more about you and get
3: in touch. Uh, so you can check out the website, which is com, or you can join our fabulous and very active Facebook community. So we've got a Facebook group of parents who are all in the same boat. Um, some of them are, are starting as early as primary school and working their way through. Uh, but if you search parent guide to GCSE, there's our Facebook page or the Facebook group that you can join. Uh, and we're also on, on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, although we're still kind of learning LinkedIn because it's not really so much a teacher thing. So it's, it's mm. a bit new for us. Uh, so if, if it doesn't make any sense, then please you know don't shout at us, we're trying. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, the, the website and Facebook are probably the best places to find us and uh, connect with us and, and see what we can do to help.
1: Brilliant. Lovely. Thank you.
3: Thank you. All this
1: information is available in the show notes. If you go to, to com forward slash, in this case, 149, you'll find them there. And just an observation this week about the coronavirus and all the uh, stuff that's happening to try and stop the spread of it and reflecting on the fact that there's a load of articles and instructions around working from home which obviously a lot of people are starting to do organisations are encouraging that and I just was thinking that obviously it's terrible at the moment and likely to get worse before it gets better and all that sort of stuff but there's often a, a sort of positive result from something that hasn't been very positive at the time and I do wonder whether this is actually going to help to enable more organisations and their people to get their heads around the whole concept of flexible working and working from home and working out of the office because they're being forced to do that now and work out how they can do that and how they can facilitate that within their organisations and whether that means that after this is all over whether that will be something that is more popular and just more the norm because people have sort of had to get over that hump in terms of making it work for them and their organisations and their employees. So just reflecting that sometimes we have you know really terrible situations that happen and there's an upside. I listened to a podcast from Danielle McLeod from Remarkable Women a few weeks ago and she talked about... When, like, really traumatic things happen in your life, they call it a masterclass, as in, you know, what can you learn from the appalling situation? And I do think, actually, sort of the upside of what's happening at the moment is it is a masterclass in flexible and homeworking. And then that leads on to the people that I have in my membership site who are home based coaches and consultants. I think, you know, we get some of this stuff already because we do work from home, but still many home-based coaches and consultants will be working face-to-face with clients rather than working from home via technology like Zoom and GoToMeeting and other platforms that enable you to work with people, but not you know, face-to-face with them. So I guess for some people who are home-based and a coach or a consultant, now is a time to be learning how to use that technology and how to adapt how you work with your people with your clients to obviously keep you away from you know people and uh, getting ill currently but also moving forwards. whether that then gives you more flexibility in your business to be able to work on a wider geographic area or maybe work with more people because you don't have so much in the way of travel time, all that sort of thing as well. So what sort of positives are there for you as a home-based coach or consultant? And again, the show notes for this week's show are at powertholivemore.com forward slash 149. And we look forward to speaking to you next week.
0: Use your power
2: to live more.